May I speak in the name of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning. I am David, Bishop of Basingstoke, and I've been a church minister for over 30 years, working in that time in two dioceses, Sheffield and Winchester. As a Christian, I like to think I've been forged in South Yorkshire and formed in Hampshire, in the gracious company of many other fellow travellers. Together we have prayed, we have wept, we have laughed, and we have sought to follow Jesus in our workplaces, in our communities, and in our households. We will have at times found ourselves deep admirers of Jesus, comforted in times of difficulty, challenged, I hope, in times of complacency. Generous Dune is a collaboration between Winchester and Sheffield. For a whole month, we have the chance to spend time reading Luke's Gospel and allowing the person, the teaching and the actions of Jesus of Nazareth to catch our imagination afresh. Listen to the daily podcasts as well as these Sunday sermons. You'll hear the voices of young and old, of men and women from Hampshire and South Yorkshire. And allow Jesus to shape you, your faith and your commitment to the community of those who follow Jesus. We have unashamedly interpreted Luke's Gospel through the lens of generosity. And although this series was planned some time ago, it has all been written during the lockdown period of COVID-19 in 2020. Generosity has surely been one of the defining points of the way people have responded and adapted to this global crisis. Generosity that has involved key workers taking risks every day they go to work, adapting their work practices, and particularly care staff and the health service staff having to work in higher risk environments. And many of us, well, I think that includes all of us, having to become more attentive to those who live closest to us. Generosity can be so deep that it is profoundly pervasive in all of our lives. Money is only part of generosity. It's expressed through how we share our time, our space, our gifts, our friendships, and it becomes part of how we transform society. In this morning's reading, we encounter a young man who is curious and intrigued by Jesus. He is very devout and very religious. I suspect he spent time in the crowds that gathered around Jesus and finds himself wanting to know more. The three years of Jesus' ministry as a public figure are mostly focused around his local area. People came in their thousands to see him, to hear him and to watch what he did. Jesus taught about how the penitent could enter the kingdom of God. He taught about humility. He taught about gratitude and the extraordinary challenge of entering God's kingdom and sharing in the life of the age to come. But in this chapter, the geography has changed. Instead of the rolling Galilean hills, the natural places where people could sit and listen, the houses that, that offered hospitality, the synagogues where Jesus preached, he is now on the road intentionally towards Jerusalem. The crowds have vanished. It is becoming a more hostile environment. Little wonder that his followers were asking questions 
and wondering where it was all going. This man, described as a rich ruler, appears confident, well organised. He looks Jesus in the face and he calls him good. But he's going to turn away from the conversation very sad. <coughs> the young man's confidence, I think, is rooted in his own abilities, including his money. But Jesus' offer is something very different. Would he accept God's kingdom? Like a child with a humble trust that allows God to be God? Or was he about to discover that his basic confidence lay in his possessions? When you give things away, the things you hold dear, for some of us it's our time, it's our friendship, it's our attention, it's our service, or it's our money. You often will discover that the person who benefits most is the person who is the giver. Because you're intentionally discovering a new trust in God. A trust that discovers that true wealth is found in a heavenly dimension. And whenever a Christian community, all the way down the ages, no matter where in the country or the world it's situated, whenever a Christian community starts living like that, there is a growth of selflessness and there's an increase in trust in the common life. Church members and those around begin to glimpse what God's new world is really like and they learn to live that way more and more. I find myself wondering what would have happened to that young man if he'd taken the challenge, if he'd given away all his money and followed Jesus. He would have continued the journey for the rest of the week. He would have seen Jesus hailed as king and then a few days later he would have witnessed the crowd call for his friend, Jesus, to be crucified. He would have seen soldiers come to the garden to arrest Jesus and in the moment of arrest to see Jesus even then heal the ear of the servant of the temple guard. And as they pounded nails into his hands, he would have heard Jesus say, Father, forgive them. He would have seen that Jesus came not to bring judgment but to subject himself to judgment that we might instead be those who receive not God's judgment, but God's love. And if we take that journey, and if we hear God, we will discover that he gives himself to us, for us to receive him. And as he is emptied, he experiences abandonment and a cosmic, infinite agony, so that you and I get embraced and loved and receive the Holy Spirit of love. This is the lesson that this rich man did not get to learn. He was being invited into the company of the one who would give himself utterly for you. He, Jesus, the one who heals, who fills you with his love and utterly frees us. I want to suggest there is nothing more deadly than relying on our own abilities and on our own possessions, of spending our whole life to achieve our own worth, when Jesus offers it to us out of his infinite generosity towards us. 
That freedom enables us to give ourselves to him and to give ourselves to other people. Discipleship means putting Jesus ahead of our family, ahead of our money, ahead of our career. It's a radical call, but it is also a gentle call, for he is a wise and gentle counsellor. The rich ruler went away sad, but can I urge you to be open to Jesus' call to you today? After the resurrection of Jesus, many thousands decided to call him their king. They began to gather, teaching and encouraging, worshipping and praising, baptising and proclaiming God's grace. Many joined the new gathering of Jesus' followers every day, we are told. And then almost as a throwaway remark, we're told nobody was in need in that company. For these people shared their lives, they shared their food, they shared their time and they shared their prayers. I hope this passage and over the last few days you will have found yourself compelled afresh at a vision of authentic generosity. When our giving of money comes from the basis from that basis, from that basis of God's generosity towards us, I believe the church will find its needs are met. This morning, I want you to take a personal step. I want you to ask the Lord to give you a fresh vision of his generosity towards you. And would you, in the light of that, be prepared to prayerfully review your own commitments, including your own financial giving? I've got the hugest of respects for those who quietly give wherever they are prompted to give, almost the right hand not knowing what the left hand is doing. But I wonder if in this era I can also ask you to join together in offering a tangible, generous commitment to your own local church and to support it in the serving of our communities. Where do you start? Well, you could consider giving a significant one-off gift to your own local church. And secondly, as part of your commitment to generosity, would you take time to review your regular giving to the church? Would you consider increasing it? Or if you don't give regularly to the church already, would you consider starting? I say all that, understanding it's also imperative that we are very sensitive to the individual financial situations of each one of us. So if your circumstances have changed significantly in the last few weeks and months, it may be that through your prayerful giving review, you rightfully decide to reduce the amount that you give away. In Sheffield and in Winchester, it has been the experience of radical generosity in every way that has most significantly shaped who I am and my understanding of God, my understanding of God's love, and of the prayers that end up being answered beyond our imagining. Amen.